Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every BNL song from seven to Y, from their longest song to their shortest. And joining me this week, we have Jeff and Stefan. Thank you, gentlemen. Hello there. Hello, everyone. Good evening. And for guests, we have joining us Justin and Andrew from the Monster Squad Minute, but also from a million other things, I'm sure. But we'll get to all those things afterwards. That oh, intro man, the, was longer than tonight's song. <laughs> the things we're from. We, we do so many things. <laughs> ben always... Grimm, John Carpenters, all kinds of things. Uh, okay, uh, why are, I'm already curious. What is the Monster Squad Minute, and are we going to switch the entire topic of this conversation? <laughs> uh, yeah. Now you're, talk, now you're talking John Carpenter. These are my people. <laughs> there we go. See? Mon- Monster Squad Minute, it's a Movies by Minute podcast uh, w- in which we take the 1987 Fred Decker movie, The Monster Squad, and break it down one minute at a time. So each of our 72 question mark episodes are about only one minute of Monster Squad, but the episodes range from 15 minutes to half an hour when we talk about what's happening in that minute. And we've got a lot of great guests, including a lot of the original cast, and uh, we have an amazing time, and it's all available for free right now on on the interweb. Wherever (laughs) your podcasts are sold. (laughs) I'm in in heaven right now. Great. Jeff, it's we've lost movie. Jeff. Does, Jeff is does now. Wolfman, does Wolfman, in fact, have nads, or are we uh... nards? Nards, nards, right? Nards. <laughs> nards. Yeah. I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, Stefan, great film. I will have to educate you on that someday. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I look forward to that, Tracy. <laughs> and speaking of education, this week we are not discussing the band's shortest song but we are definitely going to be discussing a tiny little song wait sorry i i can't help it i'm pedantic i i i can't commit these word crimes jeff can you properly introduce tonight's song so i can yes so tonight's song is uh uh, andy korean's masterpiece his his opus uh and it is little tiny song <sighs> so what song is this? So and, weird. I mean, guys are talking about a, a little tiny song. So what's the song? <laughs> <laughs> Who's on first? Even hearing you say <laughs> that makes me cringe. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, which which part? Andy Cregan's masterpiece. Oh no no no! I love Andy Cregan. <laughs> oh, we have agree. Andy Cregan on the show. I love him. But yes, this <laughs> this is his magnum opus. And oh, yeah. don't please this, no. This is his Beethoven's fifth. <laughs> no. Uh, this is this his is fifth note, baby. This is his Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah. This is <laughs> this is that song right this here. Is, I mean, how do you compare a haiku to an epic poem? You know, like what it does, it does perfectly. You don't need anything right. else. Right. Yep. I think comparing this haiku to the Iliad is is the perfect way of comparing it. <laughs> That's the perfect way. Okay, go ahead. So comparing it to the Iliad, um, how how would you relate to the character of Circe and the slaughtering of the pigs to the cow being slaughtered and put on your plate in Little Tiny Song? <laughs> um, I, I, I think you it's, just did. It's, it's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
he needs less words to describe it. And is the Cyclops, since he was nobody, is he the cow? Oh, maybe, maybe. And then Odysseus actually kills the Cyclops. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. So he's full of hate. I mean, it's He's full of hate, yeah. I mean, it could be. This, right, we've we've smashed this myth That's good. right there. Yep. We have, yeah. So it's very good. Song, keep it. This song is a retelling of the Iliad. Okay. Keep keep the exegesis going. Yes, this it, is right. It makes even more sense than the Iliad, though. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it, it takes the whole book, the whole movie based on the book, and whittles it down to its essence. I so I, I agree completely with everything you're saying. So not unlike Twilight New Dawn, really. Oh God! <laughs> I'm sorry. That was that was not a good that, not a good that, example. That, I apologize. Wow. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> my my bad. <laughs> I'm not editing that up. That's <laughs> like, all the Stephanie Meyer listeners are now like <laughs> already writing their hate mail. <laughs> or their fan fiction. Yeah, or that was true. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> they're they're too busy writing the fan fiction of the of say, what is, the is cow the does. Team Edward or Team the other guy? <laughs> Jake was it Jacob? Yeah. Before we get to anything, the name of the song alone makes me angry. <laughs> I could never say it correctly. It is one of the two B and L songs I will never say in the correct order. I don't know what's what the other is, one. The other one is Straw Hat. Week, week, week one. <laughs> week one, that's right. Every time. <laughs> Every time. We have to correct him all the time on that one. No, no Straw crazy. Hat. It's something about B&L and mixing up their adjectives that I don't understand. You think it's Hat Straw, or what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's isn't it Old Dirty Hank? Yeah, yeah Straw Hat and Old Dirty Hank. See, old Dirty... Old Dirty Straw and Hat Hank? I can't say Old Dirty Hank well. Hank like, I have to think about it to get those words out. I want to say it's Dirty old. old Hank. <laughs> it's a play on another song, right? Yes. But those, are, those are, those are, li- okay. Anyway, you're not going to get to that song that for song. years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this song, the, 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 adge- the adjectives are messed up in this song, and it drives I agree. me nuts. I agree. I, I'm with you entirely. I, I have only ever called this Tiny Little Song. I've thought of it as Tiny Little Song to the point where when you mentioned this recording for this episode was coming up, could we come on and talk about Tiny Little Song? I'm like, wow, you're at the T's already? Your backlog must be insane because L just came out. <laughs> I, I literally texted that to you. You did. We recorded. We recorded 400 episodes last week, and it was insane, dude. It was. <laughs> Your output is admirable. <laughs> like, yeah. Now, it, I think it was you, Justin, that had a take on this about where this comes from, though, and why it it, it angers me so. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna just double check because I had it actually in our little text battle uh, back when we were talking about it. But there's an because we were all shocked. Yeah, there's an origin to this. There's a, it's a reference, and you can cut out as much as this as you want. While I, yeah, there it is. He doesn't cut there's out anything. There's a quote from, uh, oh, that I had to just Google, and it was talking about mm. Tolkien, where basically uh, the quote, and I, I taken from a chapter eight of something called Hyperbation. Take that for all you like. 
but it talks about the idea that Tolkien basically said um, the English language, well, it was told to Tolkien that the English language basically has an understanding of an understood natural order to how we use adjectives. And it goes opinion, <clears throat> size, age, shape, color, origin, material, and purpose, and then the thing you're talking about. And it goes on to say in the quote, so you can have a lovely little old rectangular green French silver whittling knife, but if you mess with any of those words, you sound like a maniac. Mm-hmm. Which is why he was upset, because Tolkien wanted there to be green great dragons. But it, like I, even when I said it just then, I almost tripped over myself trying to say it. <laughs> you can have great green dragons, yeah. but you can't have green... You say, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So that's it. It's just a weird... Weird thing. You, you can't say care may the devil instead of devil may care. But it's just, you know, it's just a, a natural understanding of the English language that's developed over time, apparently. Well, and it's one that we're not even taught in schools. It just naturally happens by being exposed to it for so long that people have these reactions. Now, I'm only going to say this based on where myself and Andrew are from, but... In Newfoundland, I have heard adjectives thrown to the wind. Like, I have heard tiny, little, and little, tiny in reference to things. But I think that's less about poor adjective use and more about the fact that when we're talking about great big things or small things, we always use two words for it. But but also, <laughs> consider, like, th- this green and great are color and size, whereas great big or tiny little are, are synonyms. Oh, Those are the same yeah. thing. But it still feels like it should be tiny little song or little tiny song, not tiny little song, and I don't know why. No, wait, the other way around. I don't yeah. even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, you said it right. Like you naturally no, went it, the right it, way the first time, and then you're like, little, no, yeah. no, I have to correct yeah. myself. Yeah. And we didn't have to. yeah. Right. I don't know. I'm I'm just absolutely amazed that we're talking about freaking little tiny song, and we've now referenced Homer and Tolkien. Oh, yeah. But that's because this is, <laughs> this is the great magnum opus of Andy Cregan. <laughs> We've already said this. Well, and it's only Andy on this song. Literally, only mm-hmm. Andy is playing on this well, song. What more do you need? <laughs> but you know, I, I I think it anything else would be too much. Like this yeah. is this song is like like you've ordered oysters, right? Like you just want the one thing. If you put like a bunch of cheese on there and made it oysters Rockefeller, you don't need that junk. Like, like what the hell you put some Tyler on top of that. Like you, you just want one taste, you know, this is an amuse bouche of a song. (laughs) Steven, Steven Page was back there going, come on, I can harmonize in this. And Andy's like, no, the people want what they want. Steve. Yeah, exactly. You sit down, Steve. If Steven was like, what if on this album, no one else is going to be on that. What if the cow can't hold down a relationship and is lying all the time? <laughs> Steve! No, this, could the cow be a parachuting artist? Shut up, it! <laughs> <laughs> this song is from uh, Maybe You Should Drive. Is that the album? Is it from? is, yes. it is. So was, was Steven yeah. on this this album? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Second album, yeah. Is it really? Second album? It's a. Mm-hmm. It's actually. It's more of a miracle that Andy was on this album because <laughs> yeah, at this point, yeah. Andy had left and come back and and kind of been replaced by Tyler because Andy was percussion uh, before Gordon. He he had left and gone on a, on a, a thing, a World Youth Summit or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yep. 
come and come back. Tyler was now percussion, and so he took over keyboards. But he was still, he didn't really feel like he wanted to be in the band or if that was where he should be, and he had other opportunities. And so this was kind of like the last blast of, of Andy Cregan in the band. By the next album, he's gone, and we're, we've only, we're down half a, to half a Cregan. Yeah. We've only got Jim. <laughs> and Jim is punching above his weight on, on Born on the Pirate Ship, which is one of the things that makes that album so great. But it's interesting that Andy gets a solo song on maybe you should drive because it's it's kind of his last gasp with the band until he comes back in snack time yes. steven's last album and snack time is a really great album you guys oh yeah <laughs> well i mean can you really consider this as a, a big finale for for andy i mean it's a how long is this song a minute something <laughs> do, you, do you think that's a big hurrah for him well it's all they would let him have Hey, I hear you're leaving. He goes out with a moo. Oh, yeah. Now you have a song. Here, I wrote it for you. It's three stanzas. <laughs> <laughs> minute 30. Or, when it's or maybe it was you... like, hey, guys, remember you promised me a song? I've got it all here. So here's Ed's part and here's Steve's part. And they're like, oh, Andy, are you still here? <laughs> yeah, we've only got a minute left on the album. Uh. What can you do? <laughs> Make it good. <laughs> And Andrew, I like the fact that you mentioned his trip to Uruguay, because that's actually where he wrote this song, was in Uruguay. You know, what? sometimes when you're writing your masterpiece, you just need to get away. Like, you gotta be... Yeah. Uruguay. You, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta get out there where the muse hits you. And There's a lot of Uruguay in the subtext, I think. There really, there really is, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm interested all the Homer and the Tolkien. <laughs> I'm definitely... I'm definitely feeling a lot of uh, Uruguay's traditions and culture in this mm-hmm. piece. I, I think it really affected the music. Yeah. I, oh, I definitely. Yeah. 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 I, there must be a lot of emotionally <laughs> unstable cows in Uruguay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was the time of mad cow disease. Oh, Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's why they're furious. Mm. Yeah. They are. Yep. Okay, is is that where this comes from? Like, I've always wondered. May, maybe you guys know because you know a- Andy Cregan more than I do. Like, is he vegan? Like, when I was a kid, I, listening to this, uh, I, I always assumed this was kind of a vegan tract, right? Yes. Like, you're putting a cow on a plate. Yeah, he is vegan. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, so that's what's what's going on here, right? So, you know, I don't know. Do we want to talk about the lyrics? I bet there's a lot of people listening to this Bare Naked Ladies podcast who are like, "What are they talking about?" <laughs> oh yeah. By the way, if you've never heard this song before, here's a here's quick a snippet. snippet. Actually, you know what? No, no. If you've never heard this song before, here's the whole thing. Watch me now, I'm on your 
I'm going to take a chance and say that we're not going to get sued and put the whole thing in. Yeah, you know what? It is what it is. I mean, it's so short, we can't even say the lyrics. All of them. On this. I, I feel like maybe we have a little bit of a pass since Andy was actually on the show. He's probably like, you know what? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think he actually probably would give us a pass because he's a pretty great guy. Wow! Okay. Also, the guitar doesn't even have the chords on this one. <laughs> there's no guitar. It's well, it's, yeah, it's there's just no guitar. Still, usually they have they chords. Go to still. ultimate yeah. piano. I don't think oh, there so is that. a chord in this in this song. It's, it's just single <laughs> notes. It's just one note. Yeah. But I mean, I love this song. I, I have to say, skipping to the end, this is a great song. <laughs> He's not lying. Like this I, is I, this was his go-to song. Like any time. It's a go-to ever. song. Oh, karaoke! <laughs> this was my first dance at my wedding. Second, the song Second. does sound like a horror. Second, song. okay. To me, it's what not, was the first? Definitely sounds like a horror song. <laughs> it sounds like a horror song. Yeah. Before the cow kills you. It sounds you. like it's a, a song that could easily be played during Halloween. And the instruments and stuff kind of yeah. give that spooky vibe. Yeah, you just change the moo to boo, you're right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chords for little tiny song. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting I was expecting Aaron to be here tonight, so I didn't even bother looking up. <laughs> On a slight side note, not to jump back to a joke that is long dead already. Beef <laughs> is the main commodity to come out of Uruguay, so That see? I mean, it's their billion-dollar thing. Yeah, like well, after a quick yeah. uh, uh, examination of the Google, uh, no, it's their main export. So maybe the cows are furious. That's really interesting, and you know, not not to veer into too serious, but riffing off what you're saying, Justin. Um, just this week, I think uh, Epicurious, the recipe blog, announced that they would no longer be publishing beef recipes because the you know the 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 destruction of rainforests. In, in southern countries to provide beef farms is so catastrophic for the climate. They're, they're trying to, you know, discourage the eating of beef anyway. So in that respect, this song is actually very prescient, as uh, scientists have long been saying that cutting out beef is the best thing that a single person can do to affect climate change, as the rest of it is more corporate. All that methane... <laughs> End of rant. Rant. Methane, and also they're burning rainforests to graze cows. Like. Gosh, if you guys are talking about <laughs> methane, I'm surprised I'm not like banned from everything. <laughs> right? I crank Whoa. up just as much. Well, we meant to tell you, Stefan. <laughs> In fact, there goes the ozone. So according to C according to songkeyfinder.com, this is in the key of A minor. And at a hundred beats per minute, I believe. Does the it a last minor a minute? <laughs> does it get to a hundred beats? Really? Wow. I, yeah, I don't even know if it does all hundred beats in there. It's one minute long, so it must hit all hundred beats. Yes, it's exactly. 100. But they don't play this very often in concert. And you mentioned before, Andrew, that like. Why do they need the other guys? I don't know if you guys listened to the live performance of this song that they did for the O Natural tour. I, I sent it to you guys. 
so for of course during the Orton Natural tour, they did every single song that they've ever written um, on that tour, and this was one of the ones they did. But they didn't have Andy, um, so it's literally everyone except for who's in the song singing the song. Um, Ed actually sings it, but they are all playing it. I I want to hear your opinions. What did you guys think of the full band performance of this song? <laughs> What are the dates on the Unnatural tour? Um, two thousand and uh, give me a minute. That's all right. So uh, later, anyway. It's like two thousand four. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's fine, and and in a in a live context, I love when they riff on their songs and take them apart and play them different. Uh, we went to a performance, I think it was the one maybe you and I were at, Justin, where they did Grade 9, they sang the lyrics to Grade 9 to the music to If I Had a Million Dollars, and uh, and and that was really great. Actually, it might be on one of their albums, too. But um, It is. It's on Rock Spectacular, but um, so I love when they do that in context. Do I prefer it um, to the the album version? No. I, I think that the, the song is really good in a very tiny, spartan way i think the uh adding everybody else as much as i don't mind having i agree with andrew in the sense of i love it when a band takes their songs in new directions and stuff i mean for goodness sake i just got finished watching an old uh, interview of david bowie talking about how he liked uh nirvana's interpretation of man who sold the world but at the same time, at that very time that he was still on tour, because God love him, he was still going on, and unfortunately Cobain was gone, uh, they had changed it into this, like, jazzy interpretation. Like this new wave jazz kind of thing. And then I listened to that, and I was like, good lord. But I said, okay, it's his song. You do what he likes with it. In this case, less is more. And I mean that both for how they did it, the lyrics, the works. I mean, less is more. It was fine. Don't mess with it. <laughs> I would agree. Don't mess with perfection. Yeah. There wasn't enough to mess with, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I usually like it when BNL adds things into the song. Like, if Kevin comes in afterwards and after a song's been written and adds things in, or, you know, throughout their the tour, they add things... I have to say, this is the exception to that rule, though. I do not like the live version of this song where they decided to... I don't know what they decided to do. 
it feels like they decided to, to start playing Grim Grinning Ghosts in the background <laughs> on, on like, 33. <laughs> it's definitely a song that can be played during Halloween. <laughs> and they stuck to the key. It is an A minor. Like, it's still got that really haunting feel to it, but it just... It just doesn't feel right to the feel of what the song was supposed to be. Uh, so you said it was a minor song, uh, key. So what what key is it? A minor. A, a mi- I know he said it's a minor key. Oh my god! It's a tiny little key. It's right. a tiny it's a little, little key. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> it's a tiny little joke. <laughs> It's a little tiny tiny song in a minor key. Eventually, we're going to tell you all that you need to know. (laughs) And to answer your question from earlier, Andrew, 2003 was when this was performed live during the O Natural Tour. I can't believe this wasn't the opener like many times, right? No, they didn't play Play this very... They only played it according to set I I know, I'm I'm shocked at that. This is opening song material right here. And the first time they ever played it in concert, Re-Raz in Portland, Maine. Nice. Hello, Portland. Are you ready to rock? <laughs> hey, I'm a cow. <laughs> Matter of fact, for this whole episode, I'm just running the loop of this song in the background over and over again. <laughs> no, we don't do that. <laughs> no, I can't don't do that. I can't do that can't. to our listeners. Oh, we, <laughs> but here's the thing, too, about too. that. About doing a new version of that, and you mentioned Kevin. Like this song screams Kevin. Like Kevin, <laughs> he's got such a a slight voice. Like when he does his thing, and he used to do that thing in in concerts where he would do the Imperial March. He would perform the Star Wars Imperial March and sing "Oops, I Did It Again" by Britney Spears. And it was just this, and it was awesome. And but it was really like, oops. I did it again. I blew up the sun. You know, he would this this he would murder this song. It would be great if it was just him with with a keyboard. Totally. I don't know. That was a good Kevin, by the way. <laughs> Thank that you. Was uh, that was really good. Thanks, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> See, we never get a chance to actually interview Kevin, so we're just going to have to invite you on and have an oh, interview. You can ask anything you want. I, I'm always happy to talk to the fans. Oh, Kevin Hearn, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks, guys. That's really great. Wow. Oh, we're never getting them, are we? Uh, <laughs> Oh, you'll get them now, just so they can come on and say, "I don't sound. I can't do it. So I don't sound anything like that. I don't sound like that at all." <laughs> all <right. laughs> He's very imposing in real life. Yeah. Yeah. He's like seven feet tall. And full of muscles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the lyrics are, are profound. <laughs> Yep. So, so hey, I'm a cow. Uh, uh, what is it? Hey, I'm a cow. I'm, I'm full of hate. Cur- no, that's the next one. Curious. I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm furious. Hey, I'm curious. Now, I'm furious. And if hey, you didn't get that the first time, if you didn't get that the first time, there's a little you know piano riff you know to sell the mood, which we have to. And then he um, moves. Then, then it comes. Then it comes back and says the same thing again. Yeah. But he adds to it. It's really important that we we hammer this point home. Yes. Yeah. He's he's curious, and then he's he's furious, and on your plate. 
Yes, he's full. He's full of hate. He's full of and hate. now on your plate. And yeah, so I don't know. Which it's kind of rough. One would be on a plate, probably. I would be hateful uh, if I saw my I friends on your plate. Take that lightly. But it kind of goes against the 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 vegan aspect of this. Like if you're, you know, like consider KD Lang, who was going around, also a Canadian artist at this time, who was uh, out and out vegan, and and uh, like she she recorded a song where if you play it backwards, it says cows are our sisters. Like the uh, the, the the idea was, you know, animals are our friends. You don't want to eat our friends, right? And then here's this song, and it's like. This animal is full of hate. This animal is going <laughs> to kill you if, if you give it an inch. Like, that's not a great message. I don't want to save that animal. Well, so I mean, <laughs> there's nothing worse than going on a hike and being confronted by a wild, furious cow. It's, it's true. <laughs> in Uruguay. But he, did, he wasn't confronted. He literally was sitting in the cow, in the cow wait, pasture wait, wait, in the wait, meadow, wait, 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 looking wait. over the fence and... Like that's how he thought of this song was we just he just looked at a cow and it inspired him. Stop. Is that true? We, we we can't let this story go. Stefan, have you actually been accosted by a cow? No. No, that's kind of the facetiousness <laughs> of the story. Okay. He's I, lying. Just, I just I thought there was like a true story here where you knew from experience no, no. that you don't run a run into no. A vicious cow, uh, you know, yeah. in, in, in its I've, environment. I've never heard if you of a say. wild cow or a wild chicken in my life. I'm okay. I just, I didn't so know where there was a story behind this. I mean, there's boars. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to so, but... back Stefan up on this one because obviously you've never attended Bovine University. <laughs> uh, I've done not. <laughs> as the Simpsons have already quoted, I mean, Timmy, if you let it, a cow would kill you and your family, <laughs> your whole family, if you gave wow. it a chance. <laughs> Maybe in a stampede, I could see that. Like, if it was a stampede, that's dangerous. Like, like the Calgary stampede? Yeah. Uh, right. I went to yeah, Bovine absolutely. University and I got filled with bovine defecation. <laughs> oh really? This story sounds like it's a load of bull. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Well, let's you know. Let's hoof it on to the next. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I can't like hoof and mouth disease. Wow. Did this. How long does this podcast have to go for? <laughs> we better stop it soon. The stakes have never been higher. <laughs> that is good. Oh. I- I am utterly incensed. Oh, man. Oh. This, is... <laughs> this is what happens after a year of being locked in all our porterhouses. <laughs> <laughs> this is just getting worse and worse, and I can't think of one. Not... Uh, is anyone here from Jersey, by the way? <laughs> Sorry. That was a roundhouse <laughs> attempt. <laughs> you know that New Jersey can't grow anything. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've, I've been doing a lot of running today. I just have very tender loins. Oh, oh. that's uh, Goodness gracious. That's pretty bad. All right. Well, get, getting back to the song. <laughs> so Andy, when we talked to him, actually referenced this song, um, and he said that this song is aptly named. But not because of the length of the song, but almost as like a thumb your nose at the band because that's about the amount of length that they let him well, put into this album. Was little oh my tiny gosh, song. really? That's interesting. I mean, you know, he he did leave the band because he he felt that his, you know, in part, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but as far as I recall, he 
like Steve, he wanted to go in a different direction with music. His albums are kind of jazzier, and they're they're going oh. in a, in a different direction than the band, and and that's that's fine. But it's it's interesting because you know in in Public Stone's private stories, they go at length about how after he left the band, Jim felt like a lot of pressure because that was his brother, and so and that he brought that to his work in. Uh, pirate ship and and a bunch of songs feature Jim very prominently on pirate ship. He wrote a bunch of those songs and and you know I I'm of the my my theory of BNL my prime theory of BNL is that the more Cregan the better the the BNL like like the sound of Gordon is is Jim Cregan's bass like that's the most prominent instrument on on any of those songs mm-hmm. you know and and so. Like that's what I like about these albums, but it's interesting to think that that Jim put so much into Pirate Ship to get all these songs, and Andy couldn't even get a two minute song on uh, on Maybe You Should Drive. <laughs> you know what the song really needs is a little oh. more cowbell. Oh, oh. <laughs> that cow's got a fever. Well, what I don't understand is why they didn't let him and and Jim write more on this album or in general for the band because I mean look at I Love You like that's actually a, it, it's a more jazzy piece off from Gordon but it's still yeah. like a a masterpiece in its own it's way and I don't really saw the song thoughts yeah. on that song but <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah so like the trouble with me is like they had the trouble with Tracy this week is they they really had been they really didn't give him a chance on this album. Um, he's playing alone, which once we hear what BNL does with it later, thank God he's playing alone. Um, but it's not a BNL song at this point. But it, it's just Andy, and well, I guess my problem is like they they had already done the Brothers Cregan album at this point. It had been released a year earlier. And you have a whole album's worth of songs that they could have done something with, including this song. This song was on the first Brother Cregan's album. They could have taken any of those songs and done something with it, or they could have done something with the appearance that I'll talk about later on and use that for this week and use that for the for this album. They chose not to do that and gave him this one-minute song. Either that or they're like, you can have the space. And he's like, you know what? This is all you're going to give me? Fine. Here's the shortest song I could write, and you get to use that. <laughs> but it's just it was, a shame. Like, do my, you think it was, like, was it that? Like, like was there actually this kind of tension in the band, or was it just that he was kind of over it at this point, and, and his energy was in a different place? So he was like, oh, uh, here, here you go. Here's, here's a song with just me. You, you know what I mean? Like, like has he talked about that there was this tension? I don't know. He hasn't talked about the tension, but he did mention the the irony of the name of the song is about accurate to what he was allowed to give for this album. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get the and feel I like, like he, maybe there was probably tension because yeah, um, he was originally. I mean, at one point in the band, he was the percussionist, correct? Right. Um, yeah. So I mean, he was the percussionist, so he already got that role kind of kind of pushed aside with Tyler and everything and then um, to leave and come back. So I, I, I feel like there had to be some level of tension there where it was kind of But he like, also, he kind of didn't want to be there, right? Like he, right, he was already, yeah. ha- uh, he already had a foot out the door before yeah. this album even came out. 
Yeah, he yeah. he had already actually said he wanted to be out before this album came out, <laughs> and they and Jim had talked him, and I think Steve as well had talked him into sticking around for the rest of this album, um, and and just to do that. But he had no intention of of continuing the album. I, I can't help but feel like I, I, maybe someone will correct me on this or a listener and everything. I just I, I we know that Andy is better than this song. Oh, yes. uh, I don't. This is not Andy's best work. He, he definitely is a better composer and musician than what this song shows and even the lyricist. Um, but we've heard like uh, Andy work and, and Brother Shregan and he's better than this. I, I can't help but feel like this was just a throwaway like. You know what? I'm gonna do that. It's just weird to me that they put it on the album. <laughs> like, uh, they could have been cut. I mean, it, it's it's. Uh, um, well, in some it, ways, it seems like a weird choice to put this song on the album to begin. Makes with. me right. wonder uh, if it might be. And again, I'm no Beatles historian either, but if it might be a Ringo situation. Right. Yeah. Like it's either yeah. it's either a what Andrew is saying with the whole idea that he was already done, so off he went. Or it's the idea that, oh, look, Ringo made a song, too. Well, I guess we'll have to do that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but Ringo's song is memorable. (laughs) Octopus is what? (laughs) Well, like I said before, like, they had... (laughs) (laughs) Well, didn't didn't Ringo do Yellow Submarine, or am I... Yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't... It's memorable. I mean, people, to this day, know that song. Regardless of what you want to talk about, the quality, I mean... A little bit. I know people that still know Yellow Submarine. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, and Ringo had a song on every album up until that point as well. It's just, it usually was him doing a cover. Yeah. And I'll even say right. this. Uh, I would argue that this song is to, uh, is to, uh, is to the BNL what uh, A Little Help From My Friends would be to the Beatles. Because it has about the same number of words. <laughs> There are like literally three stanzas, and even though two of them aren't the same, there's only one. stand up and walk on me. But the other thing I have a problem with this song, though, is where they put it on this album. Like, it it, it does it a disservice Uh, just where they put it on the album. Yeah. yeah. If you're using this as the aperitif of the album, like, we're going to give you, like, we have some really high paced songs. This is our little bit of a down to give you a break and kind of bring the heartbeat down and then bring. It follows. Am I the only one? Mm-hmm. Like, right. how this is that? I, like, that makes the song even more unbalanced and depressing. <laughs> this right. is a depressing album, though. Like, maybe you should drive is really morose. And, yes. You know, yeah. Like, and and it. I always liken their first three albums to to adolescence. Like, like Gordon is a kid album. Like, it's great for kids, and it's got kid energy. And it's talking about being in grade nine and stuff. And and then you've got intermittently, and it's just this teen angst and like, oh, where do I go from here? You know, like, am I leaving my dad? And 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 like, do I find a girlfriend? I'm working minimum wage jobs, and then the next one, you're just kind of coming to grips with it. You know, it's th- this is a really like it's for me, especially the the album cover is autumnal. It looks like dying leaves. It's brown and. And orange, right? And and the whole album sounds like autumn. And two old dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're gonna if you're going with that kind of theme, not not an intentional theme, but with that kind of feel for this album, then Here We Go is a much better song to go with for this spot on the album. And I I think with some work it could have been a much better 
um, expression of the band at that point. I have to. I mean, yeah, it's I weak. It's it's a weak song. Right. Even Andy has said like it 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 it's a weak song. But with work, do you want to introduce that? Like, do we know what that that song is? You sent us a link. Sure. So so here we go. Is a song that, at least as far as I can tell, was only played once um, in 1992 in Buffalo, and I'll put a splice of it in right here. I don't know how to pay my bills on time. Um, it was written by Jim and Andy. I actually wrote to Andy. I said, Andy, what can you tell me about this song? Because no one can, it, it's never been recorded other than at this concert. Um, he said that he and Jim wrote it, and he's like, I had I had a really hard time listening to this. Um, it has a really fun ending. a really fun ending never recorded it because it's a stinky song <laughs> i'm gonna i i wrote back to him and i said i have to disagree with you like maybe it needs some work musically um at points but the feel of the song the, the meaning of the song is about adolescence and about moving on into that next stage of life and about leaving things behind but and being sad about that but also excited about moving on and and that that sweet sour kind of feeling around all of that and i if you read the lyrics it's a beautiful song 
that really kind of upsets me that it never got actually. <laughs> it would make sense after Am I the Only One? I'm sorry, Am I the Only One? Which you know is we've talked about is about uh, Ed's brother's death, so that wouldn't make sense for this. And then right. you're going in. Well, it's a little bit faster. It's got a different beat. Right. And then and then and then this song goes into. Let's be honest. Arguably one of my favorite BNL songs of all time. Life, so it's in life a, in a nutshell. Like it's, life in a nutshell is the song after this. So it's it's in a really weird spot. Um, I, I agree with you. Like it's um, you know we we talk about this a lot, and I don't know if um, our guests know this, but maybe you should drive. I've said is my favorite BNL album, and I get I get flack for that all the time from my co-host and all the guests. But it really is my favorite Your BNL. Co-hosts song. are jerks. <laughs> they are. They absolutely are. I love the morose tone of this album. I absolutely love this album. Even I will actually say this is the one song I I don't get why it's here. It's it's it just feels very odd to be on this album. I get that, and and I agree. Like that other song that you sent out uh, is a great song. It needs some work, and it would fit in really well with this album. But like, there's something, especially in the original like BNL trilogy of of albums uh, before like. They they hit it big, um, you know. Those first three albums are, are are notable for being kind of a mosaic. Like like there are mm-hmm. these incredible ballads and and really heartfelt songs and important songs uh, about real issues and feelings. And then there's just doofus songs like King of Bedside Manor or something. Right. And and so and that's how I want my Bare Naked Ladies album. I want Brian Wilson and then I want King of Bedside Manor. Right. And yeah. so for me, like just throwing in this weird song about an angry cow right before <laughs> intermittently, I think, is is exactly what I want out of a Bare Naked Ladies album. I want to get really kind of sad and depressed and uh, listening to a song and then be kind of shocked by this weird, sad, depressed, angry cow. That's on my plate. I get before that. Going into I get, song, you know? Yeah, you've kind of sold me on that. It doesn't that that does make sense. It's kind of yes. You, I, I like that. I, was, I want the weird. Like, like like for me, Gordon box set. Box set is a really weird song to be on yeah. Gordon. I think, I uh, especially for a first album, you're singing about your box set and all this. It's a weird song, but I absolutely love its placement on the album. I think it's amazing. Right. I, I can see that. Yeah, that's really cool. That's why, like, my ideal, like, late Bare Naked Ladies just before Steve left album is if you take parts of Army and parts of Snack Time and stick it into one album, you've got this r- album with these really incredible <laughs> songs and also these really bizarre, goofy songs. And it's basically mm-hmm. Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. The only uh, uh, leeway I might give it is it's a toss up for me either A, they weren't sure how to set up playlist for this album and i'm not trying to say that discreditingly i mean god sakes they have one album already but and not to mention the yellow tape and all the rest of it but whatever uh i wonder if it's just a a simple matter of they had the song and they had to figure out where the heck to put it and they didn't know what to put in between these two and they didn't want to move anything else i mean this literally as a production side of things like leave the band out of it entirely i'm going to throw production under the bus here I'm going to say probably that maybe it was just an idea of, well, this song doesn't fit anywhere else, and we don't want to mess up the flow that we already got. So just shove it in there, uh, because the tonal shift between those two songs uh, that it comes before and after, they probably just be- just guessed that it wouldn't affect it. And I'm only saying well, it that way because I'm sitting there kind of going, 
because that's well, and I, maybe, I love maybe you, you should drive. I do as an album, and I'm kind of with Andrew on it too. The whole I, I, when I get to Pirate Ship, I think it's very ironic that you have like the goofball guys in the first album when you have the classic proper album cover. Yeah, you can have your Pepsi ball all you want, but I like the guys like looking at each other and biting each other and stuff. It's great. Mm-hmm. And then you have maybe you should drive with death on the cover, basically sitting on a tricycle again. Funny, but death. Um, and then you have this. They were both on Star Trek. Yeah, there's a, and then you have the third album where it's literally a kid like sticking his tongue in uh, magic. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, it's almost like they're they're going in reverse by their covers, but then in their maturity, they're going the opposite direction. So it's just kind of fun for me. But maybe. And you wonder what what weird spot. Okay. You wonder what the mentality of the band is, too, because, you know, like, I, I don't know how you guys feel about these three albums, because, like, um, Stunt was the big breakthrough in the States, but, like, Gordon was one of the biggest albums in Canadian history when it came out. That that album was everywhere. And, like, so they were following up kind of a mega hit with, uh-huh. uh, with this, and... A lot of these songs are their old stuff. It's from Buck Naked or, or the Yellow Tape or whatever. And then the rest of it, they're trying to figure out, like, oh, crap. Like, maybe there's some pressure on them uh, to do this. At the same time, they're trying to keep the band together. Andy wants to get out of there. Can they be the right band if Andy isn't there? They've already replaced him. Like, who knows what the mood is in that that studio when they go to put this together. And, and maybe that comes across in the, the morose attitude on the album. I don't know. Well, I think a lot of it was uh, like a good portion of this was written during the tour with Gordon and they were getting really tired. Like they were writing separately and solo a lot on this album because they were really tired um, and they were all touring and they did. They were spending 22 hours a day with each other. And like the writing songwriting was the only time that they had part. So I think that affected it as well. Your interpretation really gave in as as a mega fan for uh, maybe you you gave me gave me a new appreciation for it though because it does make sense that they were trying to follow up this mega hit that was Gordon with Brian Wilson and and if I had a million and and everything and Yoko Ono Enid uh, so they were trying to follow that up so they're using old songs and everything I do think that what they took out of that this is me personally I know not everyone agrees but I think they no, did create. No, no. A solid album. No. Like a lot of my oh, favorite yeah. B&L songs are anymore. on this album, and I think that actually, you know, um, for what they had to work with and everything that was going on, that's pretty impressive. And I can see that in the process of trying to keep Andy and, and uh, uh, keep him interested, putting this song on there, you know, does make sense. I get that too. Well, and maybe, yeah, I... and, and this is me trying to make a positive assumption because my negative assumptions earlier came in, and and the conflict that may have happened. Or it may have just been like literally this is in the age of tapes. We have two minutes left on this tape. What are we gonna fill it with? Let's let's throw Andy a bone. Like this is his last album. Let's throw him a bone. Mm-hmm. This is a song he wrote and and has available and has ready. Like let's get him Maybe it wasn't even it. that. Maybe it wasn't even that. Maybe it was like, oh, crap, we're like two minutes short. And Andy's like, how do we come up with a song that's two minutes? And Andy's like, I've got just what you need right here. <laughs> like he, he already had the song in his back pocket, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's my parting gift to you. <laughs> do it. <laughs> the epic tale of Uruguayan cow is what I'm going to leave you with. 
I do have to say, I do like the jazzy piano yeah, that I he's do. playing yeah. during this. I, I always took it. I appreciate uh, what others have said about it, but it always reminds me. I, I like the horror theme of it because it fits with the murderous cow, but <laughs> or hate-filled cow. Uh, but what it reminds me of is almost a black and white uh, noir mystery. Oh yeah, I can see that. Like, yeah. what, like, ding, ding, like, if it wasn't yeah, for the uh-huh. fact that he's singing about a cow, yeah, uh, I can actually picture some guy in a trench coat and a black and white rainy day just walking down. The some street. some lady walking into the private detective's yeah. office, or yeah, I, yeah. I, be, I believe you mean Dame. Dame, some Dame, Dame, some Dame. Yes, yes, right. <laughs> yes. Some cow. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Detective Slade, I have a case for you. He just looks up and says, Moo. <laughs> Detective Heifer. Moo. <laughs> well, well, before we get to rankings, I do want to bring up something that, the, that you guys brought up this week, and I, I did not want to leave this opportunity. Oh. Y- you, guys, you guys have written your own parodies of this song. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean... To an extent, I, I think that you have to. Like, there's only so many words in yeah. the song, so like things fit into the song, even if you're not intending them. Right, to. right. Yeah. Writing parodies of any song longer than this would just be insane, and nobody should do it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Andrew, I heard that you had a really good one. I wanted to hear it. Oh, it's not good. It's just uh, it was just a, at the time. <laughs> You know, it was the 90s. The death of Superman was a big thing. So it was, hey, I'm Kal-El. I'm Superman. Hey, watch me now. I'm dead again. <laughs> and that's, that's it. I loved it. I like it. Justin, I like you, it. Had, you had one that you put into the chat. Like, oh, <laughs> we, were just, we were just going along. You said you liked uh, Star Wars, so I'll leave you to it. No, well, I'll show you mine. Hey, I'm a kid, I'm Anakin. Three movies in, I've joined the Sith. Hey, I'm a Sith, See, it just works. all dark and grim. Got higher ground, I lose my limbs. <laughs> well, that is go. good. See, Love it. This is a great song, guys. <laughs> it's a song that Steven won't play. Woof. Why? He ha- he didn't, he didn't say why, it. but he was doing an Ask Stephen page on Instagram one day, and someone asked him, besides one week, and if I had a million dollars, are there any B&L songs that you're reluctant to perform? And he said, Little Tiny Song. Okay. And my, my guess to that is that, like, it, this is a Andy song. This is all Andy, so maybe it's more like, you know what? That's his song. I'm not, I'm not going to play a song that is totally and utterly Andy. Like, that's not respectful. Is Steve reluctant to play Brian Wilson and If I Had a Million Dollars now? Yeah. 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 He, he said that he doesn't want to play those because those were the songs that, one, that were really highly written by, by Ed, but also they were collaborative. Yeah. And he's like, and it, it being that collaboration, it doesn't feel right unless there is that going on in the song. And he's like, I just don't, I don't like doing that. More so if I had a million dollars than one week. And for, yeah, well, it's a conversation, right? And if, uh, if he feels that way, you could see why he wouldn't want to touch a song that he had nothing to do with, which was this one. Yeah. 
I actually have a lot of respect for that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. There, there is a certain amount of, like, when it happens, that whole lightning in a bottle thing, like, whether you're recording it or doing it live, there's just certain songs that you need all hands on deck or at least uh, a close proximity. <laughs> like, sometimes you might have a new drummer whom, like, I, I always think about um, sometimes a band, like, replaces one member and, yeah, they can still do, well, well ACDC. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, yeah. There are certain there's certain Bonham songs they're not going to touch, just because with all due respect, they're just you can't. Skin, skin, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Skinner skin too. I, I feel yeah, like mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, Halen, Van Halen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can see like Steve is doing this like like uh, it, it's an honorable thing, but he's doing it in the detriment to his income, of course, because everywhere he goes, everybody's always asking, "Play little tiny song." Why, right, why can't right. you play that one? Highly in demand. You know? yeah. the time. People are so angry that he won't play this, and now they're on his plate. <laughs> like, oh man, the moderator on his live shows must have a time of it. Yeah. No, we can't put all these. Just stop yeah, asking. We can't put guys. all these angry little tiny song comments on here, people. This is song about a cow. It's emotional. We're not going there. Tracy, did you, so did Jeff, you do a parody? What? I, oh, I did. I actually did write a did parody. You? Yes. I did too. Do, do. Oh god, that means I have to sing, yeah. doesn't it? Yes. I did uh, yeah. Oh gosh. Alright. Um <clears throat> Hey, I'm Gandalf, I'm old and gray. Just watch me now, I fall away. Hey, I'm Gandalf, I return in light. Look at me now, I'm bright and white. <laughs> nice. Nice. And brought it full 360 with the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, well, mine's weird now. Because... I tried to do it with Star Wars, and I couldn't make it work. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank. You. I appreciate it. Mine's weird because it doesn't reference anything. It just kind. I kind of went with the rhyme scheme, I guess. So uh, I did three stanzas. So I came up with, uh, "My feet are foul. I'm serious." The smell makes me delirious. My wife looks down mysterious. Can't lie, the smell's deleterious. Your feet are foul, she starts the curse. Hey, hold on now, your feet smell worse. That's what I can oh. <laughs> Wow. We got a story. What's the saga? This is a saga. <laughs> yeah. The saga begins. <laughs> I, uh, Every week we're gonna have a new part in the saga. Yes, we'll add to the feet smelling saga. No, <laughs> big, big, big props, big ups to the uh, the linguistical gymnastics. There too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the rhyming scheme was amazing. Thank you, I appreciate that. As I get out my thesaurus to what, dictionary, it's what to they pay me the big bucks for every day on Bandcamp when that goes ding, you got a dollar. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of big bucks, it's it's your time to earn your money. Time Jeff. to make my paycheck. All right, time to keep my trailer. All right, so uh, I couldn't help it because I really love that we made this tie, and I did not. We, you guys, made the tie-in. Um, so we we are talking about little tiny song, and we have talked for over an hour, and we referenced everything from Homer to Tolkien. So I think the rating scale should be zero to five Tolkien's. <laughs> so we are going with Tolkien's today. Uh, How many Ronald rules <laughs> does this song rule? <laughs> and you may have my axe. Um, you have axe. Uh, uh, so, Andrew, let's start with you. 
my gosh. I mean, I wish I could remember <laughs> what I rated the other songs. Um, <laughs> I can pull that up. Hold on. Yeah, you pull it up. I I mean, I, I think this song does rule. I am, a, you know, I guess I'm sophomoric in that those first three albums are just all perfect albums to me. I love their later stuff plenty, but um, but this is, is part of that and, and it's part of what I love about Maybe You Should Drive. So I, I would definitely rate it highly. Would I rate it as high as, you know, a Brian Wilson or a... Uh, a no, I would never do that 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 would be insane so i don't know i guess like a 3.5 a four somewhere around there four like like three and a half tolkens so like three tolkens and a hobbit (laughs) (laughs) those hobbits are always getting the low end of the stick yeah hey he's a literal (laughs) it's okay (laughs) and to answer your question you guys have been on one, two, three, four, five, six. This is your seventh appearance. Ooh. Woohoo. Wow. One more and we get a free coffee. You absolutely <laughs> do. And the toaster. <laughs> Rate it then a, a 3.7. Because 3.7. I think wow. it's I think it's a little better than than the snack time trilogy. I think it's up there, but I don't think you, you know they're they're great songs, the 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 really good ones. Even though later ones, even though other songs on Snack Time, I would rate rate a little higher. You know what? I think that's the only mm-hmm. other song we got this deep on was Great Provider and this one. And I like it a little more than Great Provider. Suck it, Dad. <laughs> Justin, you're it. A- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin, you would be next. By the way, you would be next. Did you so? You, well, you read out his. You got mine handy. I'm curious. No? I'm I'm curious, but I'm not curious. I do. Hold on one second here. Nah. Gonna... <laughs> I'm not full of hate at all. You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem to be. In full fairness, of, you're hiding it well. He is more. full of hate. Is he? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he uh, he hides it he well. He does. He he hides it well. Yeah. yeah. Might I also say, while you're looking, that I am delightfully impressed at your meticulousness. Like this whole point thing that you're holding together on a piece of paper somewhere, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually on a, on a Google Drive. So. <laughs> you you say impressed, I say incessantly annoyed. Okay. <laughs> uh, you gave five to God rest you, Jer- Menti- yeah, God rest you, <laughs> Mary, gentlemen. Rest you, Gani, Mary. <laughs> You gave a 3.8 to having a baby. Yeah, I, I prefer making than having, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> See, this song carries a lot of... I'm, I'm right there with Andrew, too. This is a lot of history and nostalgia, I think, that's bleeding through with this song. But I'm also just because of the interesting sidebars that we can make with this. And I don't even mean just because we can make goofy parodies or jump in. Like, next thing you know, we'll be talking about Tolstoy or something. Um, But I like it because of what it is. It's an enigma. It's like this weird little tidbit in the middle of an awesome album. Is it their best song? Hardly. Is it their worst? No. So, 2.9. Because I won't let it go over snack time. I like snack time more. <laughs> but I'm a sucker for cameos. That's why you keep coming on. 
It's literally our raison d'etre, yeah. All right, I'll Who's go. next, Jeff? I will go. Um, so maybe you should drive. It's my favorite album. I have talked about that um, many times. I love this album. <clears throat> Incredibly, every song in here is on my playlist except for one, and it's this one. Um, I have a hard time liking this song. I, I love Andy. Uh, I had a great time talking to him. Um, but it's, there's just so much that I... Yeah, it's just... I, you're, you're between Am I the Only One and you're between Life in a Nutshell. You're, you're, you're stuck between two fantastic songs. And it's just... A rock and a hard place? A rock and a hard place, yeah, absolutely. Um, I love the piano. I think it sounds good, but it's just... It's not... I don't know. I don't. I don't enjoy it lyrically. I, don't, I think you yeah, really have to dig the to get any meaning out of it. Um, uh, better than great provider. I'm still stymied by that one. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, I don't know. I'm still on the fence. Maybe I was wrong. Okay. Better than great provider. Uh, <laughs> maybe. It. Maybe not. Suck it, Dad. No. Suck it, Cal. One point nine. Oof. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Uh, sorry, Stefan. <laughs> well, um, that's actually higher than, oh. way higher than what I was going to rank wow. it. So I'm kind of surprised at this. There's nothing about this song that interests me at all. You know? But how do you really feel, dude? Like, <laughs> would you describe yourself as full of hate? By, by the way, you guys have oh. never talked with Stefan. Stefan, uh, Stefan doesn't pull any punches. No, he doesn't know. <laughs> I, I don't really. He would have loved Hello City, I <laughs> bet. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to think of something that I like about it. I mean, oh. you know, you oh, know, boy. I, at first I didn't even know there were lyrics because I, I wasn't even sure that they were singing because it was so faint and light and I couldn't understand them in the first place. I had to look it up and I'm like, oh, okay, it's about a cow. That's weird. And the music is very Halloween-y, but seems like it's all over the place. It seems like they're just trying to warm up the band. Um, <laughs> for me, it's like I, I just don't like it. So um, I, I was I was going to rank it a point five oh, actually. Oh, um, because wow. I mean, it, wow. it's not even really a song, is it? It's like noise. <laughs> it's a little tiny song. And it's right there in the title. No, it's a tiny little song. I think you just ranked this you lower know? than house to level. I think there's children at my elementary school that could have put more effort into the lyrics, too. Oh! Uh, I mean, there's three lines, three stanzas there. Says the guy who didn't come to the party. And one of Says them. the guy who didn't come to the party with a parody. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth my effort. It's not worth my brain power. No, oh, no. See? no I, I think it reflects his score. I, I appreciate that. If he had made one, it would have been disingenuous. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my opinion. Is, is that the lowest it. score you guys have ever had for a song? No, 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 no. <laughs> definitely not. Really? No, definitely not. Nope, this I is Stefan's lowest score. Oh. Yeah, I think it is. Aaron, however, gave Holly Jolly Christmas a 0 0.1. That is wow. the record. 0 yeah. 0.1. I, you know, I, I'm with him on this. I, I love Bare Naked Ladies. I love their later stuff. I worship their earlier stuff. I can't do that Christmas album at all, man. <laughs> Except for God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, that's a perfect <laughs> That's a fun. 
That was it's good. A yeah, I like, it's a uh, I like I like Hanukkah blessings too. I do like that one. But yes, yes that's yes. that's fine. Yes, I'm not because yeah. they actually meant something with that song mm-hmm. instead of saying, "Oh, we have a Christmas album. Yeah. I guess we better fill right. it with screams yes, yes. and then put our classic <laughs> God Rest Your Merry Gentlemen" on there. Put on your yarmulke. Speaking of telling us how it really is, wow! Wow. Wait, that's that's not bare naked ladies, is it? No. I love that this song is all over the map with how we're ranking it. That's really it, this funny. is the most diverse I think we've I've ever at least me I've ever seen a ranking. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, Tracy is probably going to give it a five and just really no. <laughs> I'm glad that we had Andrew and Justin on this week because um, otherwise we would not have a diverse approach to this one. I don't like this song. I. He plays it beautifully. He does a great job. He can write amazing songs. Do I think this is his best work? No. I I get the message and I support the message he's trying to give. I just wanted a different song on this CD. I I really wish that we had gotten Here We Go instead or something something a good else song. that they had written with a little bit of B&L flavor. Give me real Jim and Andy with the B&L edition. I can't say I blame Andy for leaving at this point if this is what they're going to let him have on the album. Like, this is... <laughs> Unless they were just trying to fill a two-minute spot, like, he deserves more on this album. And and I love his stuff. I love I Love You. I love the Brothers Cregan stuff. Um, so, I, I'm not a... I'm not hitting on Andy on this one. I'm just, I don't enjoy this song. I will never listen to it. I am not and never will be a fan of this song. So I have to give it a two. Wow. wow. We are all over uh, the No, the way, the, wow. way, the, way, the way you sold that, I thought you were going lower than a two, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really. Yeah. It was. I, I can't, I mean, seem lower than the two. I'm glad I went as high as I did then because, like, it is a nothing song. There's nothing to this song. But. <laughs> We wouldn't stop singing this song in high school. We were making jokes off of this song. If there was a piano nearby, we were starting to play the opening notes. Like, it's just because it's such a tiny song, it's a very easy song to just throw into a conversation. Right. I've always said, too, that music is emotional, so nostalgia plays a role in your ranking, and there's nothing wrong with that. That makes sense, yeah. But I love that it's all over. Yeah. Meanwhile, Andy's like, I'm only coming back on the show if those guys are on. <laughs> Yeah, this is the first time I've ever heard this song. So, Andy, I think I gave "I Love You" a five. What, I, what, did, I, what did I give it? Yeah, I uh, I gave it a four point eight, and, and you gave it a four point eight. So, okay, like, all right, yeah. I I don't think there's anything on Gordon you should give less than a five. <laughs> and I think I gave less than a five to Hello City. Yeah. So, okay, oh well. Four point nine two. So you were Gordon's my favorite. I'd be lower. I'd be lower on grade nine than that. Gordon's but... my favorite album, and that. Well, you're piano. talking to two people who performed grade nine at the high school talent show. I, so. And I'm not saying I don't. I, I like grade nine. I just I don't think I'd put it at a five. We were, we were but... like in grade eleven at the time, but you know. <laughs> I can't play anything. I'm not musical. We do have a person that wrote into us this week. Tyler Harper um, gave us his take on the King of Bedside Manor. He gave us a, a couple minute exposition, and so I will put that in right here. Oh, okay. Hello, everyone in the uh, BNL world. 
Uh, this is Tyler from Canada. I just wanted to go through my uh, analysis of the King of Bedside Manor. Um, I'd mentioned before that I have always seen um, the King of Bedside Manor being a person who is in an uh, insane asylum or some sort of uh, mental hospital, much like if you looked at, um, let's say, Nurse Ratchet or uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That is the world that I see. So uh, let's go through the lyrics. Uh, so I'll, I'll be as quick as I can on this, but I didn't want to type it out. It just takes too long. So, you know, he's not the type of man. He's not the kind of man who likes to see the world around him crumble to a ball around his feet. So this is what I thought. Uh, somebody who likes something um, solid, something routine, um, can deal with a lot of mental illness. I must uh, put as a caveat here, I do have a son with, um, with autism. And uh, there's one thing that he loves is being at a place where he knows is safe and knows is uh, familiar to him. And uh, he's not the one to go out, outside of that. Uh, continuing on, but he's always ready. He's always set. He's always well prepared. He's the most peculiar man you'll ever meet. And uh, just like my son packs so much stuff, he's always set. He's always prepared for anything because he just packs so much stuff. Some people might call it a hoarder. So, you know, he's not the king of bedside manner. A little joking uh, way of, of phrase, turn of phrase. He's not the Tom Jones that lived next door. He's not the king of bedside manner. No, he hardly even lives there anymore. We won't go through the chorus every time. But I, I have uh, felt like this is one of the orderlies talking to the, one of the other orderlies and uh, telling about this, you know, the story of this one guy they met. He said, excuse, oh, this one, okay, the riding crop. This is an interesting part. Because um, uh, awkward conversations I can find with um, people who have uh, anxiety or um, a mental illness of one or another. And I will say general me mental illness because I know there are so many things uh, that people can have and also things that get, they go through and also ways that they are portrayed, also ways that they are manifest to others. This is very general, and I understand that I'm not being specific, not um, singling anybody out, but the whole riding crop. Um, sometimes I bring it back, uh, well, in my head, before I had my son, I've always thought of this as like a guy just saying an awkward thing to somebody who, you know, they, they plan it up and they go and talk to someone and it just comes out wrong or it comes out embarrassingly. But they planned it up. They wanted to say it. It sounded good in their head. And they come up and they say that. And like, I wouldn't mind riding you bareback. And then he just freezes. And that's like this embarrassing moment. It reminds me a lot of uh, Cuckoo's Nest. One flew over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, he's subtle on the dance floor. He's suave around the bar. He's a quick draw of a lighter. He's a pseudo, -moop, he's a pseudo -moop movie star. Um, so this is more talking about like maybe the story that he this uh, patient tells other people. Oh, I can do this. I talked to all the ladies or um, there was one time, you know, telling stories of, of his life outside when really um, these are things that he's probably dreamt up. You know, he's quite a singer, quite an actor, quite some time ago, had quite a famous program, late night bedtime TV show. And for me, the, the late night bedtime TV show, my son on the dot, we uh, he does little he actually has a YouTube channel. He does these shows in his head, manifest them. Totally somebody with mental illness. Once again, with the caveat that I understand my son is not an institution. I imagine in the 60s or 50s, he would have been. Um, but uh, 
this is the, uh, the this is where I'm seeing things back. You know that big mansion on the hill that has uh, um, it's a it's a mental institution. Uh, many many years ago, before we really understood mental illness. Um, okay, so of course again, and then he goes. Well, he opens up the curtains of the crack of dawn just to see the lovely ladies who have come and gone. So looking outside, and the I mean the 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 crazy yell in the background helps in that part. From the house next door, the house on the lane, he consoles himself that he's got his health, but he knows he can't complain. Um, I don't know if I necessarily have an explanation of that, other than that line is really good and it sounds good. <laughs> um, knows he can't complain, like he's complicit in staying there because he knows it's safe. Um, let's see. And Domo Arigato, Mr. Obato. Familiar lines that are said sometimes um, somebody with Tourette's will say something that's familiar to them. Uh, if you watch The Aviator, uh, it's the way of the future. It's the way of the future uh, that uh, Howard Hughes uh, would repeat, repeat it in the movie anyways. Um, things that are familiar with them. And I, this whole thing I, I've just seen is that 1930s and 40s mental institution and this guy who is, uh, you know, the orderly sitting aside and they talk about that guy over there. He's like, oh, this is what he told me. This is what he told me. And they kind of one up the stories all the time. So that's my analysis of it. It's what I've always thought of it. I'll be honest. It's one of the great songs on the album. Let's face it. It's a perfect album. Gordon. Yes, please. That's all for me. Keep it up. You guys are great. Even when you get dirty. <laughs> It's lovely. It's amazing about like zing. Nice. I love Ooh. it. That sounds cool. Did he write the letter while naked? That's what I want to know. No. <laughs> well, I, I can't say well, that. He, he might, may he have. have. He may have. And Tyler, um, more power to you, buddy. And, and, and like Tyler, if you wish to reach us, you can reach us at barenakedabcs at gmail.com or BNL Podcast on Facebook or barenakedabcs <laughs> on Twitter. And if you really enjoy listening to us, please go out and onto your podcast platform of choice and give us a rating. Whatever the rating, anything helps us at this point because uh, we haven't had a rating in a long time at all. So, if you think if you if you think little tiny That's song was so, a five that, token song, we want to know why. So let us know. Yes. Well, now I got to go back and I want to compare this to like uh, Led Zeppelin's uh, Tolkien songs now. <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta sit down with this and Misty Mountain and and like and and also Leonard Nimoy's Ballad of Bilbo yeah, we Baggins. Well, yeah, that's just the whole that's thing. gold. Going full, yeah. full Baggins here. <laughs> but you you can't you can't listen to the Ballad of Bilbo without watching the video. Like that's a necessity. Right. Right. Yeah. Guys, obviously, like you're a pleasure to talk to. We've had you on seven times. Where can Thanks. people get more of you? There's a lot to go around. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you can find us at our, our own podcast, the Monster Squad Minute, which is still there, but we've we're we finished. We 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 actually It's all there, which means it's all there. You can you can binge the whole seventy two minutes of it. I think it's it's probably like 40 hours worth of us talking about Monster With Spawn. a few bonus episodes about uh, Halloween music, Halloween horror music. And yeah, we talked a lot about Halloween music this episode, so uh, the best Halloween yeah. songs. So are you... Are you we that, also... That could have also played in your <laughs> rankings, yeah. too. Are you, are you we, we did an episode on the... Or like the 86 House, that'd be a good one. 
Oh, snap. House. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Fred Decker's previous yeah. film mm-hmm. to, to Monster yeah. Squad. It was kind of a one and done. There's also No Time for Heroics, which was a uh, superhero podcast that we had. You can find myself and, and my co-host and, and spouse uh, Ainsley on the show Apocalypse Then. Uh, which is released by the CBC up here in Canada, and we look at past pandemics to make sense of what we're doing in this one. Uh, and that one is still being produced. But all of Monster Squad Minute is out there for all of the me and Justin goodness that mm-hmm. you want. <laughs> right there for your plate. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Well, guys, and your, and, I should and, say... And your OnlyFans account, do you want to release that too? Or Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll uh, text it to you later okay. if you really want. Thanks. I mean, no, I you keep asking. Yeah, I do. I, I do keep asking. And I'm sorry. <laughs> the restraining order hasn't stopped me yet. So <laughs> that was just me negging you, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it has been a pleasure having you on. But I should say goodbye to you. Pun landing in five. You. I mean, you guys three. came here live. To, inter- to interrupt with us and you know you guys live all the way up Newfoundland and I- I'm not going to tell the Border Patrol that you broke the quarantine to come record live but you know you do have a long drive ahead of you and it, it is a long way back home there so it thank is. you for there coming it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, there it, it is. was a long that walk really to that was. title too man <laughs> oh. <laughs> we had to buckle in <laughs> you can't just go into the pun you gotta do the intro no, you really have to do the setup. Yeah, we we we're, we got this now. Yeah. So the next song is "Long Drive Home." <laughs> Pretty close. Long, long way back long home. Drive. Take the long way home. Long That's going to be a great time. That, it's one of the hidden tracks on Stunt, right? <laughs> yes, it is. I remember back in yeah, the day, yeah. like swapping yeah. copies of Stunt, trying to find the two hidden tracks uh, because I like the one I had didn't have them, and I was really pissed off. <laughs> I think mine did, and I get, and I loaned it to you so you could. Yeah. Did you ever get that back, Justin? He did. My copy got eaten by a snowblower and spread out on my neighbor's lawn. True story. So I ended up buying another copy, and that had the hidden tracks. (laughs) Only in Canada. (laughs) That's a true story. (laughs) You won't believe it, eh? This moose came by. Basically, yeah. Now you would say it only happens in Canada, but the same thing happened to my snack time CD. So, oh man, a yeah. snowblower! It was the same snowblower Why too. Are you people leaving your CDs out in the snow? It fell out of my car, and then the snow came, okay. and it got buried. And then I'm... Like this seems, this seems like a safe place to put my beloved CD. Hey, I blow snow. I eat CDs. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving my ranking up to four. <laughs> I thought the snowman would look really cool if he was holding the CD. Little did I know, a murderous snowplow. <laughs> I thought it would be a nice snack for the snowblower. That really that pun hurt. <laughs> it hurt us all, Tracy. I don't know why you do. I don't know why you do that. Yeah, because you're so filled with hate, you have to uh. lambaste us with your puns. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 